Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. This week, we spoke to two victims of crime in major U.S. cities. Fox News political analyst Gianno Caldwell lost his little brother, 18-year-old Christian, to gun violence last month in Chicago. We also speak with a family friend of mine, Melanie, a resident of Los Angeles, who was attacked in broad daylight earlier this month while walking home from a park on a Saturday morning. Both of them talk about what happened, the law enforcement response, but also how they feel about crime in their respective cities. Recent statistics have shown crime rising in several major cities. In New York, major crimes went up 37 percent so far this year. And while there's been a decrease in homicides, felony assaults and robberies increased. In Portland, Oregon, homicides have increased more than 200 percent since 2019. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but we thought you might like to hear these full interviews. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now, up first, is Fox News political analyst Gianno Caldwell on the Fox News Rundown Extra. So, obviously, we all could not believe what happened to you and your family, and we are so sorry. I have to say that because I haven't spoken to you yet. I am so sorry. I I know many Fox viewers at, at this point know Um, that violent crime has touched your family through the loss of your little brother, Christian, now just about a month ago. Um, Can you update us? Where's the investigation? Uh, What are you learning about what happened to your brother, if anything? Well, it's been a tragic, terrible, and heartbroken uh, month for me and my family. This is not what any one of us could have ever imagined or expected to happen to pretty much any member of of our family, but especially Christian, who just turned 18 this year. It's certainly been a road where I think after a month that we needed to kind of dial things up and offer a reward uh, for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of all those involved and the murder of my little brother, uh, for those who may not know, June 24th, where my life really changed forever. I received a call from my younger sister who told me that our brother was murdered. And I just couldn't believe it. And I wanted to ask a thousand and one more questions to her because where did you get this information from? Where did you where is the sources of this, this information as the police spoken with you have you spoken with anyone at a hospital and later on within about an hour we were able to confirm that he was pronounced dead at the hospital um, when my older brother went and actually saw his body so june 24th he was in chicago on the south side of chicago uh, on 114th uh and vincent street and three to four african-american men with dreads got out of a black suv and began firing the uh the individuals hit three people a young lady uh, another individual who was the target of the hit and my younger brother who just happened to be standing next to him um when i'm 
told now is this individual um, who was targeted, he had to have multiple surgeries, was in critical condition for quite a while, but now he's he's out of the hospital. Um, so it's it's been quite quite a nightmare from hell, from the pits of hell. This is what this has been, and I I just can't believe that I'm even able to have these conversations uh, time and time again with great journalists like yourself who are putting this information out there for people to read and hopefully someone will read or hear or see an interview that I do or have done and say, wow, I know something. I was around that day uh, or I heard something and they'll call the police and provide Mm -hmm. the tip. Um, So that is my greatest hope at this time. That's what's kept me going. The fact that um, I can be out there and hopefully uh, shed light on an issue that's impacting thousands if not millions of people in the city of chicago because if someone in your family is shot or if you have a friend that's getting that's shot then it's impacted you in a way and there's so many people that are having these experiences whereas over the weekend 65 people shot five people dead those are grieving families now who who have to try to figure out how do they bury their loved one? Exp- funerals are expensive. I had no idea. I went plan my brother's funeral, pay for his funeral. I didn't know that funerals are this expensive. Just imagine if you're a person with not much means and you live on the south side of Chicago. How do you bury your loved one? How do you mm. search for answers? How do you grieve? There's so many people out there right now who are in a situation where their loved one was hit, shot, whatever, and they don't know what to do. What about those individuals as well? Yeah, you want to spend that money on their future, not to bury them. Um, exactly. Gianno, does it give you any, I mean, you just said you're, you're hoping that the, your interviews that you do reach people, but what about the person that was released from the hospital who was the target? I mean, do, do you know if police have talked to him? I imagine that you hope that that's their starting point. Yes, uh, that, that would be my hope. And from what I understand, they have spoken with him, but I don't believe he's talking. I don't think he's given them any information. Um, They obviously were looking to kill him. So I I can kind of understand you not wanting to talk to the police because you know that they're probably coming back to finish the job at some point. But the truth of the matter is there were people who are innocent that were murdered in this tragedy. And whatever beef or whatever situation this guy might have had with those, the shooters, um, he has a duty, I would argue, a responsibility to be forthright with the police and let them know what's going on and who these individuals were. Because my little brother didn't deserve this. He wasn't involved in that life. So why is it that you can just allow for someone to be murdered because of something that you have going on? And the word is this guy, from what I was told, he owed some folks some money in Chicago. He went to California for nine months. He came back to Chicago and was only there for four days when this happened. That was his fourth wow. day back in town. So recognizing that whatever you had going on with these individuals had absolutely nothing to do with my little brother, it is your duty to inform on them uh, because he had nothing to do with This is an innocent life taken. The money that I spent on a funeral, I could have put him through four years of college. Yeah, That's what that money could have been for. But yet it was to bury him. And the person who knows something should be talking. 
you've said since this happened that you've realized that um, soft on crime policies are a cancer. I think I'm quoting you. What have you learned about the criminal justice system in Chicago that you didn't know before? Because you've talked about crime in Chicago before. I've been talking about crime in Chicago for years, um, especially during my television career. And I've been on TV since uh, 2015, national TV I've been on. And I've been talking about how the impact of comprehensive gun control laws um, had made a difference with the criminal element in Chicago. And things have only gotten worse. And yes, soft on crime policies is a cancer that is uh, infected every every sense of government in Chicago. I'm talking about the judiciary system with the bail reform that started in 2017. I'm talking about the county sheriff who manages a program for ankle monitor bracelets where they have 100 individuals who've been charged for murder on these ankle monitor bracelets. They're at home. There's over 3,200 people at any given time that are on these ankle monitor bracelets. I'm talking about the fact that the mayor has created this no chase policy where police have to ask for police have to ask for permission to chase someone from their supervisor while they're in their cars. Meanwhile, this person who may have committed some uh, egregious crime is able to get away because the police officer has to wait They They can't chase people on foot anymore. Only in certain situations where they're actually able to chase people on foot. the prosecutor, Kim Fox, she's not taking a lot of the cases that the police are providing to her to prosecute. In fact, she's dropped 25,000 felony cases, including rape and murder. So if you want to know what the heck is going on in Chicago and why things are so bad, it's the governing that is horrific. It is the policies, which I understand after Laquan McDonald, there was a need for some police reform. I would argue additional training and tougher penalties for cops who don't follow a police procedure. Absolutely. I agree with that. Criminal justice reform, if you're talking about a, uh, a bag of marijuana or somebody jumping a train style and not paying their $3 fare, I can understand those things. But when it comes to someone shooting someone or murdering someone, like how could you ever think that it's okay to put them on an ankle monitor bracelet, which has been proven can be cheated so they can go out and murder whoever witnessed their crime? Like this is the height of insanity that they think that this is okay when they're endangering the lives of millions of Chicagoans on a day-to-day basis. People don't know if they're going to be hit or not. You know, I had our colleague, Lawrence Jones. He came and covered the, the, the funeral of my little brother for Fox and Friends. We stayed at the same hotel downtown Chicago, nice hotel. That same morning that I left, that Sunday, when I left to go back, go back home, there was a shooting just a mere three, four blocks away. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is where it used to be safe in Chicago, downtown, but that's no longer the case. These things are happening right where the mayor the mayor goes and work every day in City Hall. This is happening right across the street from City Hall where you got all mm-hmm. this police protection. The criminals do not fear the police. They do not fear prosecution. And it's because of the leaders in Chicago that they have they have this mentality now. They don't fear this anymore. So now people are in danger in ways that were unimaginable before. I've heard a lot of this similar sentiment from people in other cities too, including my hometown of Los Angeles. Um, I know you said that, that you're working, you plan to be working a lot in Springfield, Illinois, um, to make Correct. sure this doesn't happen to other families. Uh, 
What do you want to happen long-term, short-term, any-term, I guess, and as specifically as you can put it? I mean, what, what sort of, are, are you talking about a new law? Are you talking about just a change in culture? What do you want? I think all of those things need to happen. You know, uh, oftentimes people, they say, hey, well, we need to just get a new mayor and, and change right. those leaders. And I think that's important. Um, I do think new laws are important, but I think enforcing laws on the books are also important. So the county prosecutor dropping cases, not okay. Uh, so I've been having conversations with the Republican leader of the House of Representatives, who's now the highest ranking elected uh, Republican official in Illinois, about particular policies. And certainly ensuring that there's going to be a, an approach that's much different than what we've seen with lax um, laws and, and soft on crime policies. Those need to change. I mentioned the ankle monitor bracelet. That needs to change. I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that the police cannot pursue suspects, that needs to change. There's so many elements of this that needs to change. And I think that there is now an appetite for it as individuals in the city, whether it, and it, it doesn't matter about your political affiliation, Democrat, Republican, progressive, whatever. Everyone knows that they are at risk being in that city. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what your politics are, because this isn't about left or right. This is about humanity. So if we really want to have a conversation about it, any and everyone that can be impacted by what's going on there, I think everyone knows and they'll have an appetite for change and they'll have, a, have an appetite for radical change. Gianno Caldwell, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And uh, please, if anyone knows anything, please call the area to police department. And I, I really appreciate those that are listening. If you don't want to be in touch with the police, you can DM me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. -L. I'm checking my DMs regularly to see if anything comes up. And I've actually gotten some really strong tips, which will hopefully lead to the arrest of the individuals who did this to my little brother. Well, we'll, we'll stay with you and, um, and we'll, we'll have you back on and, and hopefully we can update, uh, not only the, the investigation, but any work you're doing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fox news radio on demand on the Fox news app, download the app and just click. Listen, when you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox news talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox news radio newscasts on demand. Fox news radio on the Fox news app. Download it today. Now we head over to the West Coast in Los Angeles, where District Attorney George Gascon is facing a second recall attempt over his criminal justice policies, not long after San Francisco residents recalled their DA over his criminal policies. Los Angeles has seen an increase in homelessness over the past few years, and residents have noticed. Earlier this month, a man threw something at Olympic volleyball silver medalist Kim Glass. She said after her attack that there does seem to be more mentally ill people on the streets of L.A., my friend Melanie does not know who attacked her. The man ran off, and the LAPD has not given her any update in her case. Melanie, briefly tell me um, what happened to you uh, in mid-July. I was walking home from a park that was a few blocks from my house, and there were a lot of people on the street. It was around 11 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday from... A distance I could see a man standing trying to get on a bus who wouldn't let him on and he was banging on the bus uh, 
The bus drove away, and he walked quickly past all of us pedestrians and apparently decided to turn around and take out his anger on the back of my head. As he hit me, um, he was a very big man, and the weight that he had behind his swing caused me to faceplant immediately onto the cement, and then he ran off. I, I saw a picture, obviously, of your face after that. Um, you looked terribly injured, but what happened when police and fire responded? There were plenty of witnesses around you who, who called 911, right? Yes. Um, unfortunately, the police who filled out the report wrote that there wasn't a lot of damage. But I have a picture from three minutes after from one of the pedestrians. My forehead was the size of a tennis ball. So I'm not sure why the report was written up that way. And But, you know, and they responded in somewhat of a timely manner. I mean, it was all a blur in terms of, like, watching the clock because I didn't have a watch on. But everybody, all the pedestrians waited for me patiently, which was nice to cooperate to some degree, they, when they first sat down, it seemed like they were really questioning what happened until they heard other people corroborated my story. But The LAPD, meaning they were questioning that this evening... Well, the, the, the first question was, oh, did you fall down? You know, there, it wasn't like, so what happened? Hmm. And when I told them, and they just kind of looked at me, and then everybody else started talking, and they're like, you know, why are you talking? Why are you, you know, interrupting? And there's many of them said, well, we all saw, we were here, we watched it. And we, she didn't see it. She was from behind. So she can't answer the same questions. I don't know. It was just, it was very strange. Have you heard from the LAPD since, Melanie? Like, do you believe they're investigating your case? I know, for example, the country club right outside the bus stop said that the LAPD hadn't even asked if there was any video of this incident. Do you feel like there's any follow-up or concern or interest in what happened to you? Not really. Um, I was told that the detective was going to call me in a day or two because it takes a couple days to get all the paperwork together and assign it to somebody. I have not heard from anybody. One of my children calls regularly to find out if there's anything going on and he just gets the runaround. Um, Hillcrest, by the way, is amazing. They already have started to adjust their video cameras and I think placing more, which you probably know, yeah. Already. Hillcrest Country Club. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell me about your medical condition, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. I, I know initially you didn't necessarily think you needed medical attention, but later you did. Can you share with us anything about how you're feeling or how you're doing now? Well, I knew that I would need uh, medical attention. I just wasn't ready to go at that moment as I was sitting in a pile of ants and I needed to change. <laughs> And I lived right there. I mean, literally, my doorstep is not even a block from where I was. Um, I had injuries to my hand on my left side, which is what I work with. So I knew I was going to be out of work. Um, and my clavicle on my left side is protruding. So that was a little bit of a concern. My head, obviously, with this massive ball and laceration was of concern to make sure I didn't have bleeding in my brain. Right. I was just more astonished that I had to ask for the ice pack. I had to ask for something to dab my head. They seemed more interested in 
putting me on an ambulance and getting me to the hospital than at that moment making me comfortable. Got it. They also seemed to be out of a lot of things. I asked for a second ice pack 40 minutes later, and they're like, we don't have any more. Sorry, that was our last one. So I thought that was kind of strange that they would send an incomplete emergency pack. I don't know what to call it. but So that was that was a little strange. Um, my carrot cedars was great, though. I have to say a lot of people complain about cedars, and I everybody there was fantastic, and that was a blessing. Melanie, I, I know you've lived in L.A., I think, your whole life. Um, we've all, I mean, uh, we in the news business have been seeing and reporting on, on crime and homelessness and, you know, what's been going on in, in recent years. Um, but were you surprised that this happened to you? Like, I, I know someone else since you've been attacked who was just robbed outside of a Wells Fargo in Sherman Oaks, a guy I grew up with. I'm surprised that it's hitting closer to my home, right? People I know, given what you know of the city and what you've seen happen in the city, how surprised were you that this happened to you if you were surprised? Yes, I have lived here my whole life and I've definitely noticed in the last couple of years that it's everywhere. There's people on the streets sleeping and loud and seemingly very angry. In the last year, I've noticed a lot more assault around my neighborhood and I I am completely shocked that this happens to me. I never thought you know, walking a block from my house that I would have to have protection, especially because he came from behind. There was no warning. I mean, all the traffic and the people, there was so much noise going on. There was no way for anybody to even warn me. It just happened so fast. Hmm. And I feel like that has happened to a lot of people lately. And it's, it's frightening. It's almost like the bullies have taken over the playground. And there's part of me that's, you know, a little upset about the fact that it doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it and it makes me feel like I should have you know the city should be assigning bodyguards to people who are out like I I should be able to walk outside my house I shouldn't have to look both ways before I walk out my front door it's very frightening actually and I'm not a weak person I mean I run (laughs) my whole life I've run very early in the morning knocking out six miles every day. This isn't about, I mean, I'm not afraid to be outside in general, even by myself, or I wasn't, you know, and now I am. When do you feel like things started to change or shift? Like I know my friends and family, we, we've, and you are my friends and you know my family. <laughs> we've all talked about this. We've all seen lots and lots of tents, you know, lining Federal, San Vicente, Venice, and even closer to Mid-City, where you live and where I once lived. Um, when do you feel like things started to change or shift, like, in this direction? Mm, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's I've noticed it for a while. It's been sort of just increasing. I don't, I don't know exactly when that started. But I mean, I can say that for quite a few years, you know, when I'm running, there's just a lot more people out. I don't really have a time frame to tell you. Yeah. Um, We know in California there have been a whole bunch of new laws passed in the past decade. It started with um, AB 109, and that had people serving time for felonies in county jail rather than prison. And, of course, when, you know, overcrowding happens, people are released early from those jails. Um, Voters approved in the past decade Prop 47 and 57. Those have reduced sentences and changed felonies to misdemeanors in some cases. What do you think should be done 
in, I guess, L.A. or the state? Should these laws be reversed? Should there be more facilities to hold people? Like, if you could talk to city and state leaders, like, what would you say? Um, well, <laughs> I, first of all, would not want that job. Um, to be <laughs> I think that's a really big Task. responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that really need help. And I don't think that they're getting the help. I do know that there are some some other states that I've read about that are handling things a little differently. Um, I probably would recommend them looking into what other people are doing that's working, that's that's benefiting their cities. Um, but I I think that there's probably a better way to assess who's ready to be out on the streets and who's not. I don't think I don't know if this person was or was not previously incarcerated for something i i would like to know because if he's out because this is an early release i mean if it was somebody else they'd be dead this there's no way the way i hit the floor if i wasn't in the shape that i'm in if somebody was very you know a little bit weaker a little bit older whatever um that person would have died and that that's just that's not okay that we just aren't protecting not even just a matter of that we're paying taxes and that we should no, no people should be taking care of people and if this guy needs help he needs help and if he's going to hurt somebody and it's going to be detrimental then yeah laws should be changed i don't know if you're following the recall effort of district attorney george gascon um he's tried to change a lot in terms of how criminal justice is practiced in the county i think as you probably know including like ending certain sentencing enhancements, no more life sentences or trying juveniles as adults, even if they're 17. I think he's backtracked on those last two. Um, do you feel like some of the policies uh, have made things more problematic since he took office um, at the end of 2020? Well, definitely it's been different. I am for him being recalled for sure. I mean, right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, you know, I, I mean, just being, I lose my train of thought very quickly now, and I, it's hard to actually hold my, my thought on what I'm trying to say. I, I can tell you that I have a very negative feeling when his name is brought up because I know that it's possible that this person was already in trouble and was let out early. And if that hadn't been the case by, if this person that you're talking about hadn't allowed for this to happen, this might not have happened to me and the other people that are, you know, receiving. It, it, are you losing your, your train of thought, Melanie, because of your injury? I mean, you, you're a very sharp person. I've known you for a very long time. Do you feel like this is injury related? I do. I feel it's injury related 100%. I've actually missed two weeks of work because of it. And it's, um, it's sad and it's infuriating at the same time that this it's possible this could be prevented if we find ways to help these people that need help. I, I don't know. I I think that the wrong people are running for office. I think we need to have people who actually are in it to be more living a collectivist lifestyle as opposed to our American individualist lifestyle. It seems very much about how, you know, their their prestige, their... Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's you mean they're in it for the wrong reasons? They're in they're in politics yeah. for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, that's what it appears to me. I I don't feel comforted by any of this 
any of the things that happened again, except for the hospital, you know, they were fantastic, but you know, I just feel, I feel like the people in office are, these are, this is the wrong choice for if we all want to take care of each other, these people are not really figuring out how to take, take care of their citizens. Melanie, thank you so much for talking to us and sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.